Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 239 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. In today's episode, we welcome back Kyle Jones of 11 Warriors to preview Nebraska's November 6th matchup with Ohio State. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for the latest deals, cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. We are excited to welcome Kyle Jones back to the show. Kyle is uh, X's and O's guys at 11 Warriors, and uh, I've lost track of how many years we've had you on the show. Really excited to have you back. Welcome. It's always good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nice to have some stability in these uh, uncertain times, it feels like. Um, For sure. And uh, I guess if you want to talk about stability, you talk about Ohio State. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, yeah. So um, really successful season last year, although – um, you get kind of some retribution against Clemson in the semifinal. Um, mm-hmm. and then not, not the championship game you're hoping for. What, uh, how do you look back on this last season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think given everything that went into it, it's, it's hard to ask for much more than what we saw as, uh, you know, from Ohio state. And I think, you know, you, you, if you told Ohio state fans, you will make the national championship game bludgeon Clemson in the process mm-hmm. and lose to one of perhaps the greatest offenses in history, maybe the greatest offense in history in the national championship game, would you take it? I think most Ohio State fans would probably say yes. Um, and I think that's that's largely kind of what happened, even though it was a, certainly a, a strange path to get there. Um, you know, the regular season had some excitement, um, had some drama, not the kind that we're typically used to, but just, you know, if, if we recall the, all the COVID drama of players coming and going, um, you know, not knowing where to play there, not being a Michigan game for the first time in, you know, hundred years, I think is, is something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. That was a little bizarre. It's strange to think Ohio state and Michigan haven't played in almost two years at this point, two calendar years. Wow. Um, so that, that, that's a little weird. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, there were some competitive games. Um, you know, the Penn State game was a competitive game. The Indiana game, you know, stopped a few hearts, I think, in, in, in Ohio. Um, you know, we, we can definitely talk about what happened there and, and why Indiana, um, you know, gave Ohio State such a scare. Same for uh, Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship. And then, um, you know, you could tell by the time they got to the CFP that this was a team that had been kind of thinking about Clemson for a year and they were prepared despite everything else happening in the world. They were ready to play the Clemson Tigers. And there was a, a bit of a chip on their shoulder and 
they were raring to go. Um, everyone on both sides of the ball seemed ready to, you know, they knew what was coming at them. Um, and they kind of, you know, did what they needed to do against Clemson and, and got that huge victory that I know a lot of Ohio state fans felt like there, you know, was a bit of a sense of retribution, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, after the year prior, and even, you know, you go back to, uh, you know, it'd been a couple or, or three straight big game bowl losses to Clemson. And, uh, you know, the, the CFP semi in 2016 where Deshaun Watson um, and company blanked Ohio state 31, nothing. And then even before that um, an orange bowl in 2013, um, where uh, Taj Boyd and Sammy Watkins and, you know, that whole crew uh, mm-hmm. beat Braxton Miller and company. And so, uh, you know, it was, it was big for Ohio State, I think, to get that monkey off their back a little bit. But then they didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare for the juggernaut. Um, and then uh, Trey Sermon, who really, 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 even when Ohio State and Nebraska played, Trey Sermon was a backup running back who was right, really yeah, just he, there. He was a non-factor. Right. And by the end of the season, he was as much a linchpin of that offense as Justin Fields and losing him on that first play of the game. I think not only, you know, they, they were, Ohio State was going to have to play perfect that right. day to, to beat Alabama and losing one of your biggest weapons offensively on the first play is not a good omen. Mm-hmm. You know, it was shades of um, Ted Ginn twisting his ankle on the opening kickoff against Florida in 2006. Yeah, bad omen from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I forgot how little of a factor Trey Sermon was. I remember I, I might have messaged you like halfway through the season and been like, where'd this guy come from? Because it was it was so unexpected. I'm looking really at, was. Some the, from the, at the, some of the stats from the Nebraska game, and Justin Fields was the leading rusher for mm-hmm. Ohio State with 54 yards against Nebraska. So, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they came a long way. You know, another thing that hap- was happening like a year ago this time is – the Ohio State and Nebraska fan bases were becoming besties. Yeah, yeah. Has, has that yeah. endured? Do you think? Um, I think it's evolved, and I think you know, given that we're recording this, and you know, the end of July, when you know, conference realignment part due is yeah. really taking off. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are some interesting. Um, you know, which side of the ball are you on? Which whose team are you on? Um, questions being asked and um, you know I, I recall there being not a lot of love lost for Kevin Warren from mm. both our both our fan bases um, you know there's I, I'll give him a little bit of a pass given that last year he was new to the job and facing something that no one had faced before in kind of the COVID madness you know there was no precedent there was no playbook everyone was figured out on the fly um, he obviously didn't handle it super well but Okay, he probably wasn't hired and expected to have to deal with a global pandemic, but right. this is something he was hired to deal with. <laughs> so yeah. I think we're gonna we're gonna find out real quick what kind of college conference commissioner he is. How does he navigate it? And I think this is this is gonna be a real interesting test that you know he's gonna deserve praise for guiding the Big Ten through this, and you know whether that means partnering with the Pac-12 in a more substantial way whether it means picking off some of the, um, you know, big 12 schools that are worth it, you know, is Kansas worth it because you get their basketball, but you got to take their football. Um, Is, is Iowa state somebody you care about because you've already got BTN distribution across the state of Iowa. So do they help you? And, and Mm -hmm. right now Iowa state's a great program, but 
are, you know, they haven't traditionally, let's be, no. let's be clear here. And Matt Campbell is always, you know, rumored for every big job that comes up. So, right, right. you know, navigating that, that landscape um, as the juggernaut in the Southeast, you know, with ESPN's backing continues to get stronger. How does, how do these programs stay competitive? Because it's not necessarily more TV dollars equals more power like that. But what it does equal is more TV dollars means you get better facilities and you can pay better coaches. And that's where the gap could start to, to widen over a long period of time. Yeah, there have been an awful lot of rumors going around about this, that, and the other thing. I think pretty much every team uh, in FBS has been rumored to be moving to a different um, mm-hmm. conference at this point. Ohio State's come up a few times. you put any credence in those rumors? No, I think, going to I think Ohio – no, I don't think I don't think so. I think Ohio State is a play a, a big enough voice within the Big Ten um, and that whole circle. Let's let's be honest. You know, ESP the, the real power brokers here are not coaches. It's not it's not the typical power brokers in college sports. You know, Nick Saban's not pulling the strings here. Yeah, that's right. Nick, you know, it's it's not Ryan Day, but it is someone like. You know, you know, it's Gene Smith, but at the real end, at the real end of the table, who's making these calls are ESPN and Fox because they've got the money, right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones who ultimately are writing these checks, and you know, ESPN has placed its bets with the Southeastern Conference, with the ACC, with that part of the country. That's just what they're doing. Fox, you know, started to to lean in to the Big Ten and, and Pac-12, and I think you saw last year, last couple of years really lean in to, you know, the big 10 and, and a huge reason for that, if not the biggest reason is to get Ohio state on, on their um, network every Saturday. Mm. And so if, you know, Ohio state wants to say, who's, who's got our back, they can just call up Fox and, and that's where, you know, that they can start moving their weight around and, you know, Fox can start working, I think in, in the favor of Ohio state and vice versa. So, um, you know, I, I can see, I, I'd be very surprised to see Ohio state want to leave, um, you know, the tradition filled, you know, what the tradition looks like. Are they pods? Is it the big 16 or you know, whatever the names become, but I, I don't see a world where Ohio state's interested in giving up a lot of the tradition. Um, you know, I, I, you saw that in the Southeast with Texas A&M giving up its rivalries, Arkansas, um, you know, you see in the Southeast, you know, South, uh, South Carolina, Florida state, Clemson, they've all kind of changed conferences over the years. You know, Georgia, Georgia Tech used to be in the same league. Now they're not. Um, but, you know, in this part of the country, Big Ten country, that's going to be a, a tough pill to swallow for Ohio State to say, yeah, we're not going to put Michigan anymore. Well, and the irony but, is not lost that as we're having this conversation, you're talking to a, a fan of someone who made the switch right. about a decade ago. Right. And, and it was really for us, there's been – a lot of uh, told you so for for Husker fans in the last week. Just this is what Texas was threatened to do, and we were looking for stability, and that's where we ended up. And so, yeah, it's comforting to hear you kind of echo that the the desire for stability and the, the reality that Ohio State's already, even though the Big Ten is this you know collegial, everybody has an equal vote. I mean, the Ohio State's kind of at the head of the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think we saw that last summer. That that's where we started, right? Was right, yeah. Nebraska kind of started this charge, but it really picked up when Ohio State got behind it, right? And it was, yeah, we're we're in this. We're 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 behind it. We want to play. 
And it went from Nebraska being kind of the lone, you know, the, the lone seat at the table saying, what are we doing to, oh, there's a movement here. There's weight <laughs> right. behind it. The media is covering it. You've got a bunch of people. Okay. Justin Fields wants to play. All right. Now we're going to cover this and make this, this feel like it's a, it's a real thing. Well, that man, we covered a lot of ground just there. That's uh, <laughs> good, good stuff though. Thanks for your takes. Let's, let's get back to uh, this coming season. Just assuming that we have a normal season, which who knows um, if that's a safe assumption or not, what, uh, I mean, the strength across the board, I know. What what are some particular areas of strength uh, for Ohio State this fall? Well, the receiver core remains intact and, and somehow continues to get better. Uh, I, I think, you know, you have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson who ask anyone who covers the sport. It's the best duo it's of uh, receivers in the country. And behind them, you've got five-star after five-star after five-star after five-star. Um there, there's so many, it'd be, I could spend the whole time just naming going through them. Um, you know, but you've got, uh, Julian Fleming's a, a name that I expect, you know, he was a, a top rated guy that, that seems to flash, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is another guy. He's a sophomore. Both of those are sophomores now. Um, Emeka Ibuka is a, was one of the, I believe maybe the top rated, um, receiver last year came to spring ball immediately broke in, you know, he's a slot receiver type. Um, we going to get good catches. Um, and then a name that a lot of people may have heard before Marvin Harrison jr. Yes. That Marvin Harrison, oh, oh, yeah. um, uh, he, he's going to get some snaps, um, and a receiver as well. And so from that angle, the rich get richer even, um, although, you know, this is a team where I can see them. Yeah. They're going to play three and four wide, but, Every coach they're going to play is so how do we stop, you know, number two and number five? How do we keep Chris Olave from going over the top? How do we keep Garrett Wilson from killing us? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you think about that Nebraska game last year in the opener, the first drive, what happens? You know, it's a couple runs, a couple quick quick a couple underneath passes, and then boom, 45-yard post drop from Garrett Wilson against, uh, you know, Fields looks off the Nebraska safety and – you know, the backside corner just can't run with it. And that, that's Ohio State's offense right there. That's mm. going to still be the offense is you, you overload one side, we will hit you back. You know, you, you play off, you play soft and play soft and play soft. And that's, that's a little bit what Northwestern did in the, in the uh, big 10 title game. They're dropping eight guys on every play and saying, we're not going to let them take off the top. Well, Trey Sermon sets a school record for rushing yards. So, you know, mm. the, the offense, you know, they're striving for balance, and, and Ryan Day has always done a great job of really finding that balance where if you're going to take away one thing, we will happily take the other. Um, and so I think that's the question is just who becomes, um, you know, that ball carrier, but the offensive line's solid returns um, a couple, you know, three three key starters, um, both tackles, Thayer Munford's a name you keep seeing on um, some All-American lists as a senior left tackle. Um, Nick Petit-Friere is a – He's, he's a, the right tackle. He's one of these guys where you look at him and you go, that's a basketball player. That's not an offensive lineman, given his build. Um, you know, he's six seven and, and almost lanky. Um, and then Harry Miller is going to be the, the, the center. He played uh, right guard last year. He'll slide over. Um, so, you know, it's just finding a couple, you know, it's more depth to fit up front. Um, but the questions really on offense remain the backfield. Who's the quarterback? Who's the tailback? Who's going to emerge? Yep. You know, Master Teague was the starter in the Nebraska game last year. 
Um, he does return, but he's going to get pressed. You know, there's, you know, Teague showed that he doesn't have, you know, while he's a bowling ball straight ahead, he doesn't quite have the agility. He doesn't have the vision that Sermon had of, you know, in that, in that zone running game, that outside zone running game that Ohio State really loves and has just you know, dominated with the last couple of years. He didn't really show that ability to find the hole, find the cutback. Um, you know, he's much more of a straight ahead, find the gap. So do they either change the offense to suit his strengths? Because he is, you know, when he gets going straight ahead, he's tough to bring down. Or do they lean on some of the other guys? They brought in a, a five-star, you know, one of the top tailbacks, Travion Henderson, um, to be, you know, he's going to get playing time. They'll get a chance to see the field. Mayan Williams is another guy. You'll see his name out there. Um, and then, of course, who's going to be the quarterback is, is the biggest question in Columbus. And now we're hearing rumblings this week that Quinn Ewers, who is the number one recruit in the country, as a bleach blonde mullet out of Texas, um, you know, supposedly turning, according to Pete Thamel, which I, I'm skeptical of personally, but I don't want to rain on the kids' parade, supposedly turning down seven-figure NIL deals by playing in high school. Um, so he might reclassify, which would give Ohio State four freshman quarterback quarterbacks, all of whom are highly recruited, none of whom have thrown a pass in a college game. Wow. How about, how about defense? What's uh, strengths and weaknesses on that side of the ball? I know linebackers. Who's your linebacker going to be? Linebackers. Well, well, the linebackers, it's actually a completely new unit this year. So it went from four, four seniors. Um, you know, Tough Borland played middle linebacker at Ohio State for, you know, what felt like a decade. Um, you know, and Pete Werner, uh, Baron Browning, guys that got drafted pretty high. Uh, and they're all gone. And now I think what we have is, there, there's still a ton of depth on the defensive line. Um, they actually, um, you know, brought in uh, a couple five stars. They brought in, you know, we're the number the number one recruit in the country, um, JT Tolomayalo out of uh, the defensive end out of Washington. He signed very late in the process. He only announced last month, and he's now coming to campus. Um, joins Jack Sawyer, who's a local kid. Looks like another Bosa. Um, and so there's depth all along the defensive line, just like there has been Haskell Garrett, who's an All-American, returns. Um, somehow, I don't know why the kid didn't go to the pros, but I think Ohio State's happy to have him back. But a linebacker, you've got all new faces. And part of what they're going to try to do this year, it seems, is instead of having three traditional linebackers, they're really going to try to um, have more hybrid players. And um, they call it the bullet. Every, every you know, school has a different – sometimes they call it a husky – Sometimes they call it a star, they call it whatever, but it's that, that um, hybrid uh, safety outside linebacker position. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see um, a little bit more athleticism, I think, from the outside linebacker group um, at Ohio State this year, uh, because what they really need to do, and, and the biggest question for this team is what Alabama showed. It's what Indiana exposed. Mm -hmm. um, you started to see this a lot, which is this was a team that was so static defensively, you know, when, when, in 2019, you had Jeff Halfley come in, and they put in a, you know, the, it was basically the Seattle Seahawks cover three. We're going to, you know, we're going to play cover three zone, or we're just going to man up. And that's what we're going to do on every play. And that works when you've got two first-round corners and a guy, you know, and one of the more underrated safeties in the country, and Jordan Fuller. And that was great because people looked at it and went, we don't know what to do. We can't find – we can't get a guy open because they're just going to blanket it with Jeff Okuda and, and – um, and Damon Arnett, we can't get a guy open. Well, that was that was great when you had that talent going to the next year. 
they didn't have much time to do anything else on defense. They really just had to run it back um, with the same scheme, but they didn't have the same personnel. And so that allowed some of these teams, the, the uh, Indiana's Northwesterns and then certainly Alabama's to say, mm-hmm. oh, well, we know what's coming and we know yeah. how to beat it. And, and so they really exposed Sean Wade and seven banks um, in the secondary. A lot of the safety play was um, average at best. And so I think what we're seeing is, is a lot more focus on athleticism in the secondary and the back seven, um, which should allow, given this, we're going to have a much more, um, you know, normal, we had a normal spring practice. We were going to have a normal training camp. It certainly seems um, allowing Kerry Combs to, to do a lot more defensively be a lot more dynamic to show one look and play another. A lot of the things that, you know, modern defenses do. And so I think that's the real question is that secondary, if they can quickly show in those first couple games, including um, against Oregon, who comes to town week two, Brian Joe Moorhead, we all remember him from Penn State, and that RPO system that just, you know, seemed unstoppable at times. He's, he's brought that to Oregon. There's talent there. And you know, Ohio State's going to have their hands full with a very similar attack that would beat them up in the national championship game. So they're going to they're gonna have to be prepared really early. Well, so looking ahead now to the, to the schedule, start off with a really interesting game at Minnesota at 7 p.m. on Thursday, September 2nd. Um, I just hope you destroy them. That'll be fun to watch. Um, and then uh, hosting Oregon, which do you think that they'll try to reschedule the at Oregon that got canceled last year? They have, but for, I believe it's like 2032 or something like oh, that. Yeah. I mean, it's so far out there. So, so out. not to go back to our conference, uh, our conference realignment, but, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, we can get in Oregon, Ohio State, you know, through an, a big 12 Pac-12 partnership. Uh, we can get, we can get that game rescheduled a lot sooner, yeah. 10 years, down, 11 years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So you got that game and then, a couple softies with Tulsa and Akron at home. Go to Rutgers, host Maryland to Indiana, which I'm sure I know Indiana is going to have circled. Host Penn State, come to Nebraska, November sixth. Host Purdue, Michigan State, and then finish at Michigan if Michigan wants to play this year. Um, so, I mean, what? Uh, I, I assume you think you can win them all. Yeah, <laughs> the the Oregon game is going to, I think, be the big question, and. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's going to be a, we're going to see who this team is right away. This is, uh, you know, like I said, there's there's freshman quarterback, CJ Stroud's the name certainly seems is is the most likely. He was a, he's a redshirt freshman. He was the backup last year, came in in a couple games and basically just handed the ball off at the end. Um, Never threw a pass, of course. He's the most likely name. Um, There's another kid in Kyle McCord who's a five-star, but true freshman from, uh, Philadelphia, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s high school teammate, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but whoever wins the job, that Oregon game is going to be there coming. That's their first time ever starting a game in Ohio Stadium, right? And congratulations, mm-hmm. you've got the best defender in the country, Kayvon Thibodeau, looking to kill you on every play. <laughs> so, good luck. You know, like (laughs) you'd think that, you know, Ohio State will be favored and they should be favored because there's more talent top to bottom. But I think that quarterback position, I I know we've all gotten used to just assuming now, which is bizarre because, you know, as good as of a program Ohio State's been, quarterback play was never the hallmark of this program, right? Mm -hmm. It was tailbacks, it was defensive backs, it was offensive linemen, linemen or linebackers, but it was never quarterbacks until Ryan Day showed up. 
right? And then the, re- the record book's just been entirely rewritten. Um, you know, and then he got, you know, he did it with JT Barrett and then, you know, it was Dwayne Haskins and then he got the best thing he could ask for in Justin Fields. But none of these kids are necessarily, we, we don't know if they're going to be able to step in and, and do what Justin did. And, you know, that might not be a fair expectation to expect them to be a Heisman candidate on day one. Um, but they might. And I think we'll know pretty quickly that Oregon game is going to do a lot to set the tone for the season. Um, you know, this program's obviously looking towards the, the playoff again. That's, that's the goal every year at this point. Yeah. Um, they want to hang with the Alabamas and the Clemsons and, the, you know, Georgia and LSU are almost behind them. It's, it's, you're looking at Alabama and Clemson. Those are their, those are their real measuring sticks at this point. So um, they're recruiting at that level. They expect to get to that level. Um, you know, I think the biggest stretch, frankly, is that Indiana Penn state stretch. Um, Indiana's got a good team, man. They, and they, they, they know how to play defense. They're explosive on offense. They've got, they've got the best quarterback in the country, in my opinion. And, and Penix, the I'm sorry, not in the country, but in the conference, um, and, and Penix, um, and they've got, you know, some of those receivers back. So the question is if he can stay healthy. You know, they return a couple All-American defenders. They've got an All-American middle linebacker, Mike McFadden. They've got an All-American corner. Um, they're going to they're gonna be looking at this game as their opportunity to really elevate their program. And Ohio State's got to be ready. Um, and then congratulations, Penn State, who always, always plays this team difficult. You know, I think if you look at the track record over the last 10 years, the team that's played Ohio State the closest is Penn State every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are, those are not two easy games. Um, and so then, you know, that's Ohio State's toughest stretch and then they got to travel away. And so, you know, you tell me about what, what, what's going to happen this year with, with Nebraska, but you know, if you're looking down for a, if you're looking for a letdown sandwich or, or a letdown opportunity, that, that's really a good spot. It was coming off big Indiana and Penn State wins. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're certainly I, at this point, I, I think Nebraska fans are really, in wait and see mode like we're you know always optimistic i think more cautiously optimistic this year than normal um i think scott's really overhauled a lot of things with his with his recruiting with uh with his coaching uh how he operates you know he came to the big 10 as a head coach with two years of experience Mm -hmm. um, and tried to do what he did at ucf and learned i don't know how quickly but he learned that you can't do those things here. It just doesn't work. <laughs> and, and you look at the type of guys he's recruiting and it's, he's it's changed significantly. And so, you know, I think we have a big 10 roster, um, a big 10 sized roster now. And um, last year was a new offense coordinator. So I'm not really sure how well he got to institute all of his stuff. It certainly didn't have the time to take shape and develop like you might've hoped. So um, you got year two of a new offense coordinator and Scott uh, did um, handed off some of the play calling last year. And yeah. that's, that's, I, I don't feel like I've seen much reporting on that coming into the year, um, mm-hmm. but I assume that's still going to continue. So, you know, he's a young guy, he's evolving and growing and, and it's the second toughest schedule in the country by um, yeah. according to at least one publication. So, um, you know, six and six, seven and five, could be a huge success if Nebraska fans can just some, take some deep, deep breaths and we don't get embarrassed. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I'm hoping for a big letdown for Ohio state. I think 
that's probably our best bet. Hey, I, I got a question for you from our friends at the Eyes on Big podcast. With all the young quarterbacks that you have, you know, you got to pick one. Um, they were wondering what's the over-under in your mind on QB transfers this year? It's a great question. It's something that we're that that the 11 Warriors crew is really focused on. Um, you know, I, I actually believe that we could see one before the season starts. Um, Jack Miller is the third name. You know, I didn't mention him when I talked about uh, the, the young QBs on the roster. Um, you know, came into spring. Um, played a lot. He actually threw more passes in the spring game than, than either the other two. McCord was there in spring and Stroud, of course, was there. Um, and of the three, you know, probably at least in the, the spring game, um, which is only one snapshot, of course, um, and, and Day and the coaches keep telling us that. But, uh, you know, he probably looked the least sharp. But also, you know, I think when you looked at his skill set, you look at, um, uh, you know, his talent, certainly capable of playing but compared to Stroud and McCord, uh, you know, probably brings the least to, to the table. Um, so there's a lot of people. He's originally from Arizona. A lot of people believe, you know, he could potentially make his way back out that way um, even before the season starts or perhaps training camp ends and, and it's clear he's not the number two or competing. Um, he could be someone, a name we see transfer. And then, as I said, yours is the real he's, – he's already the most popular guy in Columbus. Mm. Um, you know, if, have you seen a picture of this kid? If you haven't, go take, go Google him. Okay. Um, the rest of the Big Ten's going to hate him. Uh, imagine Ooh. team. Imagine Tim Tebow with a with a bleach blonde mullet. I mean, that's what this kid looks like. Okay. And uh, you know, he leans into it. He's clearly got. Uh, you know, he's playing for a big program, South Lake Carroll, um, in Texas. Um, so you know, he's playing at a high level, and and you watch the film of this kid, and you go. Okay, yeah, I can see why he's the number one recruit in the country, mm. um, and he's ready to play at Ohio, at Ohio State. Um, so I, that's the real question: is if he's coming in next fall, and say CJ Stroud is the starter, where do, where does that leave the Kyle McCord? Does he decide he wants to to wait it out, uh, wait for Stroud to leave, and then you know have to beat out yours, or is he going to look somewhere else to play? And so my, if we're setting an over under, I would set it at one and a half this, this coming year and probably take the over to answer the question. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, if, to, if you transfer out before the season starts and go to the West coast before their semester starts, could you get in and like not lose a year on that? No idea. I mean, <laughs> I was, with the transfer I portal rules and yeah, you know, good answer. Who knows good at this point? Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. All right. Well, uh, Kyle, it's it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you at Jones on Twitter eleven at eleven W right on on Twitter yep. for eleven Warriors. Anything else our listeners need to know for how to find you or eleven Warriors material? Uh, just read the film studies. Um, you know, I'll probably have some pieces for about the Huskers coming. You know, as you Ooh. mentioned, you know, um, Frost has given it a play call. And that's something I'm going to take a little bit of a look at probably before the season starts. Um, you know, this, this time of year, you, we've, we've run out of things to talk about with Ohio State's last year. And, you know, there's no film of the coming year. So let's talk about the schedule. So, you know, I've already taken a couple look at, a look at Indiana. I've looked at uh, Michigan's new defensive coordinator. Um, but talk about Oregon's offense. So if you're interested in any of those pieces, you know, teams on the schedule, um, look at film study. And then, you know, I'll probably have a couple more about other Big Ten teams coming. 
Well, we'll really, we'll really look forward to uh, to that and definitely retweet that once you post it. So awesome. Thanks for your time. And uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again to Mr. Jones for joining us on the podcast. Once again, uh, man, we've got a lot of people coming back this summer. That's awesome. Maybe that means uh, we're not too annoying. Um, But then again, they're dealing with Justin, who um, (laughs) maybe it'd be a different story if I was doing the interviews. But anyway, just a heads up, if you are not subscribed, now's the time to do it because we're going to have several episodes publishing over the next few days, maybe even one tomorrow, maybe one Friday. Um, We've got a lot going on here, so we're ramping up for the next season coming in just a few weeks here. So um, now's the time, folks, as they say smash that actually don't smash it like you would smash your phone and there's no button just like gently tap your finger against the glass and you know it's got capacitive touch or whatever and you'll be fine but anyway uh please subscribe also please leave a review go on to itunes or whatever service you're using and leave us a positive review we like positive reviews i mean if you're gonna leave the bad review that's fine too i guess you know to each his own anyway i'm starting to ramble and justin's not even here speaking of justin thank you justin for uh conducting these interviews this summer uh makes my job a little bit easier in the summertime but i know you've been busy uh contacting people scheduling zoom sessions all that kind of thing it does not go unnoticed so thanks for uh in many ways keeping the ship running um in the off season here um so, folks, if you appreciate Justin's work, you know, leaving a review is a nice way to do that. Anyway, also, if you do appreciate Justin's work, if you appreciate what we produce here on the podcast, please remember to support Central Nebraska Buffalo. You can support Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Um, you know, th- by supporting them, you're helping support us. So we appreciate that. All right. So on behalf of Justin, this is Mike saying go Big Red. Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.